Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Good Feet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! Welcome to the show. I am Chris Graham, and I can now introduce the new Virginia Sports Hall of Fame member, Jerry Ratcliffe, to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Jerry, haven't uh, spoken with you on the air since that night down in Virginia Beach. Congratulations. Thank you, and uh, it was... uh... A monumental evening for me and my family and and uh, friends and uh, it was great that you and your wife Crystal and our good friend Scott German uh, graced the auditorium. Appreciate you guys being there along with many of my other friends and some colleagues from years past. Um, it was a special evening that I'll never forget and. Uh, Made it even more special that that you guys were there. So thank you. Yeah, that was a special night. Uh, It was just so interesting to see all the folks there, uh, the Hall of Fame class from this year, but also so many past Hall of Famers. Uh, We ran into Rich Murray. I hadn't seen Rich in a while. Rich is a Hall of Famer, former longtime sports information director for UVA Athletics, and that was great seeing Rich. And Boy, I mean, it was just a who's who of Virginia sports. Now, not just UVA sports, but Virginia sports there that night. So, um, it just it was just great being a fly on the wall and seeing everybody there. It was fun. Uh, it was it was cool uh, hanging out with some of those folks, and uh, like you said, seeing so many Hall of Famers from the past and and other folks that other dignitaries who were there. Um, just a neat experience all, overall and uh and hanging out afterwards and uh it was just just a cool day long event uh, started that morning with a breakfast and um with a q and a from the audience and signing autographs for about an hour and then uh then the uh, evening festivities it was uh pretty cool and uh, going in with Sean Moore and Ryan Zimmerman, two guys that I covered in my career, was uh, was even more special that uh, you had that kind of association with people in, in the class going in. That was uh, just a really neat experience that uh, comes once in a lifetime. Indeed, indeed. Well, and, and you know, just me watching was a once in a lifetime thing too. Uh, to be there with 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 you and with all those other folks and um, great 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 times there. So we missed last week's show. Um, let's let's catch our our listeners up, especially with all the Virginia basketball news the last few weeks. Um, uh, probably at least one or two more commits uh, since we last spoke, and then a couple of guys at Virginia, at least one guy Virginia had targeted as a potential pickup that has announced uh, a destination elsewhere. Uh, you want to start maybe we may have talked about this. We may not have. Um, there was a, a transfer commit from Oklahoma, Jacob Groves, uh, who has joined the, the program for next year. 
Yeah, an interesting guy. Uh, 6'9 forward from Oklahoma. Played uh, in 32 games and started 22 games for the Sooners this past season. Um, and he uh, played, I think, 34 games as a junior. He has tons of experience because he played 48 games uh, at Eastern Washington before he ever got to Oklahoma. So, that, I mean, he's got a lot of games under his, his belt. And uh, he averaged six, almost seven points and two and a half rebounds a game last year and scored in double figures nine times. But uh, the intriguing part of him, Chris, I thought was that he – uh, started out last season like a ball of fire. Um, he had 16 points against Nebraska. He had uh, 10 points, uh, three three-pointers against Seton Hall. He had 14 points against Villanova. Had 17 points against Texas in the early conference schedule. He was one of Oklahoma's uh, best scorers and shooters prior to conference play starting. And then um, toward the end of the season, he he, he ran into a, a slump. And uh, it's like a 10-game slump. He lost his starting job. Um, and, you know, I guess, I guess Virginia thinks that they can find a way to rediscover that consistency that he brought to the table prior to conference play. And if they, if he could do that, he would certainly be a, a really valuable addition uh, to next year's Virginia team because um, uh, he was shooting uh, prior to big 12 play. He, he was shooting around 52% and 42.5% from the three point line. So um that that could make a difference. <laughs> and he's a big guy. He's six nine. Yeah. Uh, he can he can uh, maybe play a role similar to what Ben Vanderplas played this past season for Virginia. Um, he can and actually he can play he, he could play guard as well. He could play a really big guard slot. He can guard uh, you know bigger guards. He can guard in the post. And so yeah, you know it kind of you know like a, you know a Virginia fans used to Vanderplas. Uh, maybe maybe Groves can be a similar guy. And plus, he played in the rugged Big Twelve. Uh, the the top rated conference uh, for, according uh, to pinpalm.com last season. So uh, no transition issues there. He'll, um, you know, he'll, he'll be ready for the level of play, no doubt. Yeah, no question about it. So let's get uh, the other, the other pickup, another big guy. Uh, Virginia was looking for some depth in the front court and Tony Bennett found it uh, with a guy, Anthony Robinson, uh, a late prep class signee, a class of 2023 guy. Yeah. 6'10", 235. Uh, three-star from the Christ School down in Arden, North Carolina, which I think is somewhere around Asheville. I'm not certain, but I think that's where they're located. Um, uh, he visited UVA, I guess, last Wednesday and uh, committed shortly afterward. Um, he had previously committed to South Florida, and uh, don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, he will be an incoming freshman, just like uh, Gertrude and uh, Buchanan. So it'll make that a, a three-man <laughs> freshman class. And uh, 
Uh, some people think he's likely to redshirt. I don't know. It, it's to be determined. Um, that does uh, give them uh, 11 players on the roster for next season. Uh, leaves two scholarships available. And um, one of those being held in case Reese Beekman decides to withdraw his name from NBA draft consideration. Yeah, I know there's speculation about that, uh, about, you know, some some folks are insisting he's going to going to make the jump and, and, and go for the NBA draft and either get drafted or just see what he can do and get a job in camp. Um, I, you know, he's he's not a solid second round pick. I'm seeing that some mock drafts have him late in the second round. Some have him completely off the board. So, you know, it's up to him, uh, obviously, but, um, uh, you know, it's a risk. It's, you know, the second round, second round contracts are not guaranteed. Uh, two way deals are worth about $500,000. Um, and, uh, uh, he's the kind of guy who could maybe play his way in the first round. Uh, there were some mock drafts early this season before he had the injury issue that had him as a, a potential late first round pick. Those are guaranteed contracts. Those are, those are real money deals. And so, um, you know, it still, still remains to be seen. I'm just speculating there, but um, just like everybody else is. But my speculation tends to think that maybe, you know, maybe it would do him good to come back for one more year. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I'm sure that outside of the offense, he's ready in other parts of his game. But offensively, I, I think he can use another year of seasoning and maybe work himself into a first-round pick. Yeah. And uh, – I mean that's big. That's a huge amount of money and security when it comes to your future. And uh, I would hate to see a guy jump on prematurely and and just kind of dwindle in league and all that if he doesn't. If it's not necessary. Yeah, and we've got experience with, on both sides of this coin. Uh, Trey Murphy the uh, third was a guy that when he put his name in the draft uh, portal um two years ago uh at first it was like oh that might be a reach he's he was early early on projecting as a second round pick and then he ends up being a first round pick middle of the first round pick and is doing a great job in new orleans um but then on the other side of that kyle guy in 2019 uh put his name in when everybody else put their names in that year after the national championship year kyle was a late second round pick uh he bounced around for three years on g league and two two way deals and now he's in europe so um, it can go either way. Trey Murphy is doing great. Kyle did not do so great. Um, you know, I would think that, you know, he, that he being Reese would maybe reach out to those guys and just get some opinions. In addition to talking to some of the uh, UVA guys in the NBA that he might see, you know, might've seen in past summers, guys coming back through like Joe Harris, Malcolm Brogdon, and just get the best advice he can get from, you know, a wide range of people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I just uh, haven't seen him like you. I just haven't seen him very high on some of these mock drafts. And uh, I guess he's still, uh, I don't know if he's been, I haven't seen anything about him being invited to the combine. Uh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I guess uh, invitations for that and the G league combine are, are still out there, but uh I don't know. I, uh, you know. Not many guys are going to do like Trey Murphy and just catch fire 
like uh, like he did. I mean, his, I mean, nobody. I've never seen anybody like him. He came here expecting to redshirt, ended up uh, playing so well in I guess preseason and practice that they decided to take the redshirt off of him that he could help immediately. And then he had a great season, and then his offensive game just caught fire like I've never seen anything like it uh, in the combine and then some of the other workouts I guess he had for NBA teams and boom he was in the NBA overnight uh, it just that's rarely happens but uh, I mean I, I would love to see something like that happen for Reese he's a great kid and but it just doesn't seem like his offense is is ready for that level yet in, in my opinion my humble opinion but uh, maybe he'll prove us all wrong. I don't know. I just looked up a couple of sp- places, Jerry. Well, one, the draft combine is the 16th through the 18th of this month, so it's less than two weeks away. Uh, and I've seen names of 20 players who've, who've received invites and have confirmed those invites, and Reese is not on that list yet. Doesn't mean he's not going to get an invite, just hasn't gotten one yet. Right. So that's... Uh, that's breaking news as, as far as that goes. So no, we're, 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 we're rooting for Reese, whatever's best for him. I, the other side of this is he's a, he's a junior in school. Um, and I, you know, if he's, if he's not going to get a guaranteed full-time million dollar plus a year job, I'm, I'm selfishly as a UVA alum, I want to see him get that degree too. So, um, and then go back next year and make the millions of dollars. That, that, that'd be the best of all worlds. Uh, and you know, that's, that's just the, the old guy in me saying that, but, um, um, one name that, uh, so we talked about the, the guys that Virginia picked up. We talked about Reese. There was one guy Virginia had targeted, uh, and reached out to him, even in, hosted on a visit. Uh, the kid from, um, that had committed to Georgia Tech, Blue Kane, he announced this week his destination, not Virginia. Yeah. He, uh, announced last night he's going to, he had committed to Georgia, which, uh, kind of boggles my mind. Uh, but, I don't know why anybody would go to Georgia to play basketball. But anyway, uh, when the ACC is right there in front of you. But uh, that's what he chose. Uh, I think he would have fit in better here uh, in this offense. And uh, that would have been, been a, quite a three-prong attack with him and McNeely and um, Andrew Rohde. Uh, that that would have been a pretty lethal combination of shooters on the floor at the same time if you can get them on the floor at the same time um i was i was kind of secretly hoping he would come here because i've watched the kid a lot in video and uh i I love the way he shoots it um it would have been fun to watch him for the next few years but uh he's a bulldog now Uh, maybe nil played a role in that i don't know but uh wouldn't be surprised. And um, so he's gone. Uh, I think that probably closes down Virginia's recruiting for now. Uh, I know that they have filled 11 of 13 scholarships. Uh, one is being held for should Beekman return. Uh, I guess the others out there in case Jaron Stevenson decides to reclassify, and which I really don't think that's going to happen, but um, uh, that's available should he decide to do that. And um, 
I don't know how long people are going to wait on, on that decision, but um, he's right now uh, classified as a junior. Uh, so um, I'm not sure anything's going to happen on that front for the remainder of this season. I could be wrong. He could end up going to Carolina for all I know, but uh, I think that's the only guy that they would be holding anything out for at this point, uh, unless something totally unexpected happens. So I think uh, the 11-man roster, or possibly 12, if Beekman returns, is is what uh, Wahoo fans have in the in their pocket for next season. Uh, we're talking about uh, Dante Harris, possibly Reese Beekman. Uh, Elijah Gertrude, Isaac McNeely, Leon Bond, Tane Murray, Andrew Rohde, Jordan Minor, Ryan Dunn, Jacob Groves, Blake Buchanan, and Anthony Robinson. That's a uh, that's twelve guys. We all know that twelve guys aren't going to play. Uh, likely ten guys aren't going to play. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty full roster, and it's a. Uh, Pretty good size. You got two six ten two six ten guys and Buchanan and Robinson, six nine and Groves, um, six eight with Minor and Dunn. Uh, then your guards are six six Rody, six five Murray, six five Bond, six four McNeely, six three Gertrude, six three Beekman, and six foot Harris. So, so a team with pretty decent size, I think. And I'll say, I, you know, after the season ended and players started announcing their destinations, and, of course, we already knew that Virginia was going to lose Kihei Clark and Jaden Gardner um, to graduation and, and end of eligibility, you know, there was definitely some questions and, you know, some worries on, on my part as a, as a fan and writer. Um, but I look at the guys that Virginia's losing, and then I look at the guys that they replace, that Tony was able to replace them with, Start with Kia Clark being replaced essentially by Dante Harris, the Georgetown transfer, who's already been in the program for a half a season uh, as a as a red shirt, but practicing with the team. Uh, you look at Jaden Gardner, uh, essentially a one for one with Jordan Minor, the kid from Mary Mack, 17 points, nine rebounds a game. Armand Franklin is lost, the leading scorer from last year, but they're essentially replacing him with Andrew Rohde, uh, scored 17 a game. Uh, at St. Thomas last year, put some big numbers up as that season went on, 20, 24 a game in his last five games. Um, even Ben Vanderplas, uh, I think that I look at Jake Groves, the kid from Oklahoma we talked about, and I think he's a great one-for-one -one replacement. So, you know, I know that a lot of Virginia fans look at, you know, the team coming up and say, oh, I wonder about this team. Even some bad taste in the mouth from the way last season ended, Last season was a 25-win season. Virginia won a share of the ACC regular season title, played in the ACC tournament championship game, uh, spent a lot of the season in the top 10, a good part of the season in the top five nationally. And I think next year's team could be better. That's that's my assessment. And I'm not a rose-colored glasses kind of guy. Anybody who reads me writing about football knows that. I want to get your thoughts on that, Jerry. I've, I've done a good sales pitch there. Have I, have I got you thinking, or have, were you already thinking the same way? I think they could be, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on how this team blends. Uh, last year had last year's team had the benefit of going to uh, Italy and and getting to bond and develop some chemistry. This team is going to have to do it uh, in the gym here at JPJ uh, 
over the summer just trying to uh, blend in and, and get to know each other's games and everything. But uh, I, I like the comparisons you made in, in replacing uh, those guys with with the new new people. It's just like you said, it's essentially a trade a trade in each spot. And um, there's a lot of uh, athletic ability in these new guys and uh, some scoring potential too. Uh, and I thought that was the one thing that kind of backfired on last year's team is that the, some of the shooting let them down as the season wore on. And the longer we got, the, the seemed like the less reliable the shooting was. And uh, I, I can't – it's hard to pinpoint that it's going to be significantly better, but I think it potentially has the chance to be better. Um, I, I haven't seen Harris play that much, so I don't know what kind of a shooter he is. I think he's more of a distributor, but uh, uh, it looks like he can kind of be a playmaker. Um, Gertrude is uh, an explosive guy. Uh, with athleticism that we've rarely seen around here, uh, a guy who can drive to the basket and create. Um, Rody, like you said, he was the third leading freshman scorer in the nation last season, so we know he can put some points on the board. Um, Minor and Groves sounds like they have potential to to have uh, some decent scoring nights. Uh, Buchanan, I saw him playing a high school all-star game. He looks like he can handle himself pretty well. Um, I think Leon Bond is interesting. To, to We haven't seen him at all, so uh, he's had a year to refine his game. I think he might surprise some people. I'm looking for Ryan Dunn and um, Isaac McNeely to really – jump their games. Uh, I know they both have incredible work ethic. I, I, I just have a feeling that both those guys are going to advance their ability offensively um, over this summer and are going to be uh, even more lethal from the offensive end than, than uh, maybe people expect. So I, I think this could be a pretty – Pretty good basketball team. Uh, again, if they can settle into their roles and, and everybody works hard like I'm expecting them to, I, I think they could be better than they were last year. And um, maybe they won't make as much noise nationally in some of the polls and stuff, but I think the end game, uh, they could be better and uh, perhaps – make more impact in the postseason than this past team did, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, just, just a FUD ending with – there were some – I think that the Vanderplas back injury that he, he played through for the most part um, limited this team. Beekman's injuries kind of limited this team. It's, it's, it happens yeah. to everybody. So, hey, this weekend um, we should mention too, of course, um, the, the tribute ceremony for Coach Terry Holland at JPJ on Saturday – uh, doors open at one. Uh, the event starts at two. Uh, a number, and I, when I say a number, just dozens of 
uh, former UVA players, coaches, players from uh, Davidson, uh, ECU uh, administrators from those schools and from UVA and uh, John Calipari. I mean, there's people from all over the country coming in to pay tribute to Terry Holland. Uh, Obviously a special guy to us and especially to you. You knew Terry so well for so many years. Um, This, this will be a, a really special weekend for his family, but also for the UVA basketball family as well. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you and I both have written extensively about Terry uh, since he passed and uh, what a horrible thing that was to see him go like that. But uh, yeah, this is a, a real tribute to Terry Holland and Virginia basketball. Uh, I had, if, for those listening to this podcast, uh, did one yesterday with Rick Carlisle, the former Virginia guard, uh, one of the early transfer portal guys who came here from Maine uh, back during the Samson era and uh, for one year and um, has gone on and coached Evie. It shocked me yesterday how time flies. He's been a coach for 30 years. Uh, it's hard to believe. Um now head coach of the Indi- Indiana Pacers and former head coach of the uh, Dallas Mavericks. But uh, Rick's very well respected in, in the NBA and in the basketball world. And um, he's one of the speakers. Uh, he's part of Coach Holland's coaching tree, which is a lot more significant than I think people are aware with uh, Dave Odom and Jeff Jones uh, Seth Greenberg, Anthony Solomon, Jim Laranega, fresh off the Final Four, uh, Craig Littlepage. Uh, there's probably others out there that I'm overlooking, but uh, that's a that's a pretty nice legacy for a coach to have a coaching tree like that. And all those guys are going to be here uh, Saturday, along uh, with Calipari, as you mentioned. I, I'm not sure what the connection is there. Maybe maybe he and Terry were. Uh, good friends. I'm not sure. I know that uh, Calipari and and uh, Bob Rotella are very close friends. Um, one guy that I, I love to death, and I only got to know him that one year he was here was Ruffin McNeil, who was former head football coach at East Carolina, who Terry Holland uh, uh, was the AD for when Terry was there, and. Ruffin McNeil is as good a human being as you'll ever run into on this planet. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear what Ruffin has to say. Uh, there are some other people from, like you said, from e- ECU and Davidson. I think the Davidson president, President Kuykendall, I believe, uh, will be here. Uh, I don't know if he was president when Terry was there, what exactly their relationship was. Uh, so many former players, I mean, just a, a who's who of former Virginia basketball players are going to be there. And they're going to tell Terry's story. I mean, he he put Virginia basketball on the map. Uh, he came here from Davidson, uh, came up and visited Gene Corrigan, uh, on a weekend and accepted the job pretty much on the spot, <laughs> which uh, that kind of stuff never happens these days. And uh, within a couple of years, I mean, gosh, Virginia basketball fortunes completely changed and won the ACC tournament 
shocked the ACC basketball world, if not college basketball world. And the thing, one of the things I was always impressed with, Chris, was that Terry Holland didn't use this job as a stepping stone. He probably, after he put Virginia basketball on the map, he probably could have gone on to a bigger program somewhere nationally. And But he stayed here for 16 years and built Virginia basketball, um, brought in great players, uh, all the Kentucky clan that he brought in, Lamp, Raker, uh, Jones, um, Gates, then uh, added Ralph Sampson, the uh, number one recruit in the nation. Uh, what a time that was, we all remember. Um, one of the most fun times I've ever had covering sports in my career. And then just continued on bringing in solid players and, and winning. And um, uh, I think Carlisle's mentioned yesterday during our podcast that uh, what you see now at JPJ is is uh, partly attributable to what Terry Holland built the foundation here and showed what could be done. And I, uh, that's one of the reasons I think Tony Bennett came here because he loved the facility that, that essentially Terry Holland insisted that Virginia needed for years, finally saw to it that it was built. Um, and uh, just showed guys like Tony Bennett that you can win here and that you can be a force in the ACC here. And um, I think anybody who cares anything about Virginia basketball owes uh, some, some debt, some gratitude to what Terry Holland established and uh, showed, us, showed the way. Uh, cleared the path. And, um, you know, if you're not doing anything Saturday afternoon, uh, come over and just pay tribute to him and, and, and Virginia basketball, because this is Terry Holland was Virginia basketball. He was a huge part of it. And, um, I mean, you're going to see Virginia basketball history in every corner of JPJ on Saturday if you if you choose to attend and, and pay tribute to this great man, great person, not just a great basketball coach. He was a great person. He did so many unspoken great deeds for people that he met along the way and, and never asked for anything in return. Um, people will never know about uh, – his kindness and uh, generosity to the hundreds of people over the years and his family, uh, great, what a great family they are with uh, Kate and Ann Michael and, and his wife, Ann, uh, just great, great people. And um, my dog is uh, having one of his days. Uh, <laughs> and um and uh, another lovely part of tomorrow is uh, if you love great music, Bruce Hornsby. Hush. Yeah, Bruce Hornsby, the uh, he he, famous the guy who famously would come to games, and Virginia fans assumed when he was there we were going to win. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, what what a huge Virginia basketball fan Bruce Hornsby is. He he was uh, I saw him at a couple of games this year, and um, he's always been a huge Virginia fan and a big supporter of Terry Holland and Wahoo basketball. And he'll be uh, he's a three time Grammy Award winner, and he'll be there. Uh, I think he starts playing at one thirty. Uh, so show up and and just come in and relax and, and soak up the atmosphere and, and enjoy listening to Bruce play some of uh, your favorite music. Uh, I think Bruce played D three. It was a, was it D three basket? It was a, he's a, I think he's a, he did yeah a, six four six five guy. He's a big fella. Yeah, Rick Richard. Uh, yesterday, if you listen, go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, he talks about. Bruce's uh, basketball history and, and Bruce's two sons. I think one of them uh, actually got a tryout with in it with uh, maybe one of Rick's NBA teams. I'm not sure, but um, and got a game ball in some game they played, an exhibition game or something. But uh, uh, and and uh, and Rick uh, tells a, a great story about he and about how he and Bruce uh, met. Somewhere out, I think it was at the LA Forum or somewhere, just bumped into each other. And um, uh, Rick has actually played on stage with Bruce uh, a few times, which uh, I would think has got to be about as uh, nerve wracking being ready for that challenge as it would be coaching in game seven of the NBA finals. But, um, uh, another reason you should listen to the podcast is that's a great story, if nothing else. So, uh, yeah, come on out uh, Saturday. At, uh, I think the doors open at one o'clock, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, one thing that the Holland family wanted to stress to everyone is this is a free event and it's open to the public and they're, they welcome everyone. So if you can, Show up. Should be a neat day. And for those who can't make it but still want to follow along, it's it's also going to be on the uh, streaming live on the um, UV Athletics Facebook page and a YouTube page as well, YouTube channel as well. So, and you can always catch it afterwards if you're out and about Saturday. You can't be there, can't watch it live. You can you can go back and watch the archive of that as well. So, should be a really neat day with all those folks b- uh, back in town to uh, pay tribute to Coach Holland. Um, well, Jerry, as we're wrapping up here, uh, I know we love to thank the sponsors for helping make all this possible. We do. And uh, Aberdeen Barn, finest, Virginia's finest steakhouse. Uh, you owe it to yourself. Uh, this might be a really great weekend to come by. Yeah, yeah. With all the, all the uh, great Wahoos in town, you're going to burn into some of them, I guarantee you. You're guaranteed to there. <laughs> they will be at the barn. I Bet my bottom dollar on that. Yeah. And um, so go out and see Angela and Terry and uh, enjoy yourself. Treat yourself to a great evening. Uh, Also, the Good Feet Store with Jonathan Cotton over at Stonefield. Uh, Go by and see those people. Uh, They can make walking and running uh, uh, much more (laughs) enjoyable, even if you're not having any problems. They can fit you up with some uh, specifically designed arches for your feet uh, that'll make you feel like you're walking on on uh, cotton. So uh, go by and see those people. And uh, our good friends at Roback 
Got my logo here, Roback. Uh, Activewear, Charlottesville-based company, one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Uh, sportswear, uh, leisurewear, men and women's lines. Uh, got a spring uh, line of clothing with uh, every color in the rainbow and every design you can think of. So check them out on our website and use the code Jerry and get 20% off your first order. Uh, I think you'll love their clothing. It it fits well, it wears well, and it looks great. And uh, it doesn't want to look good, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's 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 snazzy material. I, I see more and more folks every every time I go out and see folks wearing the rowback material. So, um, well, thanks to those sponsors. Uh, thanks to our listeners, our viewers on YouTube, as the case may be. And, of course, Jerry, the Hall of Famer. Let me help him with the podcast here. I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events you never know who you might bump into at the aberdeen barn where all the greatest cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times check it out online at aberdeenbarn.com or call 434-296-4630